This is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Thrapp, and we're back for season seven because guess what? Lighthouse is opening off Broadway July 7th, 2023. So that's only in a few months. I'm announcing this now. Tickets are going to be up in, uh, I mean, any day now, any day now. We sent the stuff off. Uh, I am pumped. We opened at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2022. Now we're heading to New York City. It took me forever to find a theater because I really wanted to have a space that we can, it that already had to be a bar, and I wanted to have a space that we can pour free shots, and I wanted to have a space where we could have bagpipes. There are so many things that needed to happen to make this show come to America, primarily off-Broadway, and I'm so happy that we found a home at the Soho Playhouse to be able to do that. So we're going to break down all of this the whole season of the podcast. Today, our guest is going to be one of Lighthouse's co-producers. And she not only has helped my show just flourish, but she's also so involved in Broadway. And we're going to talk about how she practically worked her way up to where she is today. And this is a fascinating interview. So before we get to her, let's get to some Broadway headlines. Ariana DeBose is returning to host the Tony Awards June 11th. JoJo, who has that hit Get Out from when I was a child, she just made her debut in Moulin Rouge. I love Moulin Rouge. I'm going to go buy a ticket to see her. I didn't know she was still in the industry, so it's cool that she is because uh, I have no idea what she's been up to. So this, she's on Broadway. And then in auditions, I was checking out Playbill.com. Beautiful Noise is casting dancers on Broadway. The Aladdin Tour is casting dancers. And then I'm seeing a lot of summer internship gigs at theaters. So there's also some box office stuff. So if you want to jump in the industry, check out Playbill.com. And you don't even have to start, obviously, as an actor. I don't even think most people do. Um, but you have those opportunities. There are internships. And that also just brings me straight in to the awesome interview that I have lined up today. Now, let's bring in our guest, Caitlin McNeilage. She's a producer, actor, and singer in New York City, fresh from her 54 Below debut, singing debut, actually. And you have produced at 54 Below and all across the city. Thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And now we met years ago on a sidewalk. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. It sounds funny when you say it like that, but that's when everything <laughs> everything in the city was on a sidewalk because uh, yeah. we were all eating and drinking outdoors during the pandemic. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Uh, we, when we look back at how we met in a time when Broadway was closed, we were able to meet on a sidewalk doing, um, you came to my Broadway karaoke show, Mass and Musicals, that ran for two years. And then since then, I've been your friend, and then we've worked on projects together, which is fun. And today, I really want to highlight you as a producer, because you've done so much since the sidewalk days. Yeah, I know. It's crazy to think how much has changed in just uh, a couple of years. It's wild. And I think that something, something that you do that I always thought put you far ahead than, than most is you approached me and were just like, hey, can we sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about getting into the producing side of things? Because you were pretty new producing back then, right? I mean, now yeah. you've done a lot, but back then. Yeah, very new. Um, I had produced a concert back in the beginning of 2019 that I, I didn't even realize at the time I was producing it. I think I just was like, organizing it and putting it on and in my head that's what I was doing and then my friends who came to see it were like dude you just produced a concert um but it was a, a hurricane relief benefit concert at 54 below um for my hometown 
and you know, I just was kind of doing it out of necessity of wanting to do something to help. It wasn't necessarily like, oh yeah, I want to be a producer for a living. That had never even crossed my mind. Even in college, there was an option for us to take a producing class as an elective in college. And I didn't take it because I didn't think that was anything I was interested in. I didn't even know what producing was really, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I produced that concert for the four below back in the beginning of 2019. And that was just what really gave me the bug and made me realize I could possibly be really good at it. Um, but I just had no idea how to do it or how to get started or how to get my foot in the door. So uh, one of my friends was starting kind of her own production company right before COVID happened and was going to bring me on as kind of an associate. And I was going to be kind of learning from her. Um, but then COVID happened. So that all kind of fell through. So then, you know, fast forward to mass to musicals and you were walking around introducing yourself to everyone saying, you know, hi, I'm, I'm the producer of this event. And so, yeah, I just kind of decided what have I got to lose? And I, I think sometimes people are afraid to approach people or ask for a favor. And sometimes I am too. Sometimes I get nervous to do that. But I think as long as you do it in a very genuine, nice way, and not in a way as if you're just like, you know, trying to get something for them, or you're just you're only interested in them because they can do something for you. You know, I think as long as it's truly like a, a very genuine way, which I hope is how I come across when I do reach out to people. Um, then I think it's perfectly fine to do that. And I think that's a great idea. That's how you meet people and how you learn what you don't know about. So that's just, that was kind of my, um, my thought process when I introduced myself to you. Yeah. Cause I definitely want to get into some of your highlights that you've done, um, lately, but we'll get into that in the future because you, you know, I mean, you have a pocket or a bag or an apartment full of like a lot of Broadway names that you are now working with. <laughs> And it's I was like, like what? <laughs> even sometimes me, I'm just like, whoa, like you, you, you've done so much, but we'll get into how you got there um, for now. But so let's actually, let's actually, let's, let's lead into that now. So when it came to masculine musicals, we met and, and I'm always like down to um, give females uh, producing or associate producer credits and stuff just to like show them the ropes of how I do it. I think I do things a little bit differently and I've learned that. Um, and it's great working with you because we since worked together on Super Crazy Fun Time, the first off-Broadway show to come back since the pandemic. We also mm -hmm. worked together on Lighthouse, um, an immersive drinking musical. Oh, and I know that you've now seen so many Broadway budgets. Um, and then I know that when I started out, all I had was Ken Davenport's portal. Have you ever used mm -hmm. that? Yes. He has like yeah. a thing for new producers. Definitely. Yeah. So all I had was his budgets from Daddy Long Legs and some other romance that I don't know what it was. Um, so let's get it. So you we, you you reached out to me and then I was like, I might have a job. And then we went in to do a super crazy fun time. And yeah. then what did you do from there? Because I actually don't I, I know that you work all the time and you are doing so many cool things that we're going to get into. How did you branch out from me saying, all right, I'll give you this job as kind of like an associate producer intern type thing to then you mm -hmm. going on and producing your own readings with Broadway stars. Um, well, yeah. So you and I met and it, our conversation was with... my Sprite, by the way, that's a Sprite. Oh. But I'm <laughs> You're totally fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> you and I not sponsored or maybe please sponsor her. I mean, if um, they want to. Yeah. Why not? Might as well. 
Um, yeah, you, you and I met for coffee and it, our conversation, I think just went so well that, um, you actually, before even super crazy fun time off Broadway, you were getting ready to film their Amazon prime special. And Mm -hmm. you basically asked, you know, if you're willing to come help out and do whatever needs to be done on the day, um, you can have a line producer credit on this Amazon prime comedy special. And so of course I jumped at that opportunity and then yeah you asked me again when you decided you were gonna move it to off-broadway and open that as the first off-broadway show um, after covid so that was a really another new exciting opportunity and i appreciated that so much um and then yeah i'm trying to think how it even went from there i mean i so i have my own podcast um called the leading lady club so i was kind of producing that which of course is very different from producing theater or live events um but i i kind of had that going on and you know that was also in a way which this isn't really what i like was thinking when i started it but um it's been a great networking tool and so i would kind of like have people on my podcast and then end up you know we would connect or reach out um to each other but yeah i was doing that and then i guess after that is when I decided to do a live concert at 54 Below based on my podcast. Someone, a friend of mine, we were having drinks one night and she gave me that idea. And so I decided to produce my own concert at 54 Below called The Leading Lady Club, just like the podcast, um, and just reached out to some Broadway performers that I knew or had previous relationships with to be part of it. And then it was kind of a mix of the Broadway performers and then incredible female performers that I knew from college or knew just from, I don't know, doing classes or just networking in New York. And so it was kind of a mix of up and coming talent and then Broadway women. Um, And it was really successful. We packed the house and sold a lot of live stream tickets. And it was just really like lovely and great vibes and girl power kind of uh, vibes. So that was really awesome. And um, then I think really what accelerated everything for me after that was I, um, one of my friends posted on Facebook that a Broadway producer she knew was looking for a part-time assistant and, you know, was anyone interested? And I reached out to her. She said, I think you'd be perfect for this. And so I interviewed with him and got that job. And I've been working as an assistant now for a little over a year with a Broadway producer. So the reading are you able to say, you don't have to say the name of the producer, but like kind of what shows you're associated with? Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he would mind me saying his name at all. I mean, I'm on his website, so it's not at all oh. a secret. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. His name's Brian Spector. Um, he has been a co-producer on several Broadway shows um, and then either a co-producer or an investor on several Broadway shows. So six, um, the Broadway musical Come From Away um Leopold Stott, which is currently on Broadway. Oh, I haven't seen that. I need is that that's a musical, right? It's a play, Leopold Stott. Oh. Um, oh, I thought yeah, it was it's a, a play. It's okay. really okay. good. No, no, it's a play. It's it's incredible. It's heavy, so kind of prepare for that, but it, you know, it's one of those where it's also funny and it's also lovely and like has its moments of being very heavy and then moments of of lightness. Um Yeah. So I have yeah. a few questions about working for uh, being an assistant to a Broadway producer. Yeah, so of course. I think that Six was nominated for a Grammy Award. It was their opening night live album that yes. was nominated for a Grammy Award. Um, yeah, your I producer think so, yeah. or investor for that, or I don't know what he was in that 
uh, Broadway production. Could he go to the Grammys? Um, I don't, he didn't go. So I don't know if he could have or not, but I think I'll have to check back and make like fact check myself, but I'm pretty sure he told me, um, if he wants to like pay for it, he is technically a Grammy nominee now. Yes. And yes. so he can get the certificate if he wants to. So that's that is of... exactly what, where I was going with that. Yeah. I know that for the New York Emmy Awards, so I won a New York Emmy. So for those that don't know, there's the... There's the national Emmys, the primetime Emmys and all that. But there's also regional Emmy awards, like every region, like New York, the South, Midwest, they all have their, the heartland, they all have their own Emmys. And so yeah. for the Emmys, it's, it's kind of the same thing where when I was nominated for um, a, a show that I wrote on lo a local news show was nominated for best morning show mm -hmm. um, that was nominated and then everyone that wanted to have their name on it had to pay, how much did I pay? Like $200? To have mm -hmm. my name on it and then to go to the ceremony it was like five hundred dollars and then if you win it's three hundred for the statue wow so it's a money grab however yeah. i bet you grammys are probably more different but as an assistant so if he so if he is a producer are you able to say if he was a producer or investor for six he was an investor. They didn't actually take, I believe, I think I'm correct in saying this, they didn't take any co-producers on when they transferred to Broadway. So I think there were some original co-producers in the London uh, version of the show on the West End, or it could have just been all lead producers. But I think there were some co-producers over there. But when they moved it over here, they didn't take on any additional co-producers, only investors. So yeah, he's an investor okay. on that one. So he could have added his name. If you're the assistant, because I just know in the local news regional Emmy nominations, anyone who like does anything on a show gets nominated. So if you're his assistant, could you have gotten nominated? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't I didn't even think to check in on that. So <laughs> maybe I should do some Googling when this is over and see. Because <laughs> I know that when I did Shelf Life, um, that was a comedy special I did before Super Crazy Fun Time with you. When I did mm -hmm. John Marcos Rosie's Shelf Life, we got three local Emmy nominations again. So this is just local New York area. And mm -hmm. in that, um, we got nominated for set design. So I told everyone on the cast or anyone affiliated with it. So it was one cast member. It was John Marco. Anyone affiliated with it to put their name on it. So our COVID compliance officer, Christia Evanson, put her name on it and, and became an Emmy nominee incredible by That's making sure people stay six feet apart so yeah uh, you never you never know how you get these awards or yeah. how you can be attached yeah that's so true it's really crazy and it, it's also crazy I feel like in our industry what different titles mean and you know it's like sometimes you can be doing the same amount of work but just have a slightly different title from someone else and that means like they get credit and you don't you know even just the fact yeah. that like on Broadway shows, you know, if you're an investor on a Broadway show and it wins a Tony Award, you do not get the Tony Award. But if you're a co-producer, you do get a Tony Award. So it's just kind of, you know, and it's like you might even it might all end up being sort of a similar thing, whether you're a co-producer or an investor. Sometimes it's not that different. Um, but yeah, it depends on your title, whether or not you you kind of are able to put your name on the award and, and buy your own little statue. So right. my boss does have a Tony award for the inheritance. So that's pretty cool. Oh, and that was good. I never saw part two. I know there were two parts. I saw mm -hmm. part one and it was like, it was so good, but it was so heavy. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to need a few weeks to digest this before I go back. And then I yeah. just never went back.
but I wanted to because that was that was a good play. I still think about that play um, yeah. these days. It was just so well written. Yeah, it's incredible. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that's kind of my story of how I got involved with him. And then you know he's just really great about bringing me into whatever he's doing. And so the readings that he's produced over the past year, um, any of the show, he works on a lot of developmental work as well as the Broadway things. So he'll lead produce these developmental workshops and readings of new shows. And stick around for next week because in part two of this interview, we're going to be going into how to put on a reading and how to meet these Broadway names and what Caitlin is doing to, to continue to rise up with her own personal work and what type of show she wants to produce. So listen up, everybody. What what type of show is this gal looking for? Stay tuned next week. I also have a very special episode coming out this weekend for subscribers only, and it is how to produce a show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So that's coming out this weekend. But until then, uh, thanks for listening to part one. We're back every week, every theater Thursday. So uh, here we go.